Hey everyone, welcome to Antioch Speaks. It's Jordan here. So the Lord has really put it on my heart to start a new series that is called Women of Antioch. So it's basically going to be a podcast where I am going through and really diving deep into Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31 the Proverbs 31 woman, a virtuous woman, is going to be the foundation of this series. So everything that we talk about, that I talk about, the guest speakers I have on here, the other women from our Antioch Speaks team, our foundation is going to be of the Proverbs 31 woman. And in that, you'll hear us talk about different women of the Bible. Some you may know, some you may not have even heard of and knew were even in there. So from that, tune in. I hope you guys enjoy and follow along with us. Welcome everyone to our first episode of the Women of Antioch. I am so excited to start this series because the Lord has really put it on my heart to talk about a Proverbs 31 woman, a virtuous woman, and really dissect it and get it down to the root. I strongly believe that every woman, whether you're single, a teenager, dating, married, divorced, a widow, should know the foundation that is a Proverbs 31 woman. I think knowing that you can be a Proverbs 31 woman is such a crucial thing to the walk of a Christian woman's life. I really believe that it is the foundation of that, just like the foundation for a man of God should be Ephesians 5. He should be an Ephesians 5 man, and a woman should be a Proverbs 31 woman. So with that being said, um, I'm going to give you a little backstory of how this all came about. About two years ago, I really felt like the Lord put it on my heart to start a woman's Bible study, a woman's discipleship group with the foundation of a Proverbs 31 woman. I didn't realize that that was going to be the foundation at the time. And and I just started praying and asking the Lord like, okay, Lord, what is the foundation? How do I do this? How do I start this? I could just go to any women's devotional book and do that, but I didn't want to do it that way. I really wanted to just use the raw material, the rawness of the Bible that we have. And I wanted to go straight out of that. I didn't want to do a devotional book or or a study book. I wanted to dissect the scriptures. I wanted to find scripture that we could dissect. So with that being said, I started it. I did the studying for it and everything. And I had one person show up, which praise God for the one person that showed up. And we sat and we talked for an hour and a half, I think it was, and went over it. And it was absolutely amazing. It was so amazing, and the things we got out of it was so good. We, we got busy with life and weren't able to pick it back up, and we still haven't since. But now I feel like the Lord is calling me back into this season and calling, I guess you could even say, of a ministry with women, whether you're single, married, divorced, 
dating a teenager, whatever it looks like. I don't think that just because I'm not married yet, I can't minister to other women. I don't think that it's even fair for someone, you know, to say that. But with that all being said, I am so excited because even though I'm not doing a discipleship group for women, I have a platform that I can speak to. I I can record it and then women can listen to it and then use it. So I'm going to be going through Proverbs 31 and going through and dissecting every little thing about it. I'm going to be going from verse 1, not just verse 10 where it starts talking about a virtuous woman, but I'm going to go before that. I'm going to go to when King Lemuel's mother is talking to him and really telling him this is the type of woman you need to find. So with that being said, I'm going to start in Proverbs 31 verse 1 and read. Okay, so verse 1 says, The words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him. First of all, I want to go and I looked up the definition of Lemuel's name because I was curious, but it means belonging to God. So like Solomon and Agar, Lemuel understood that his words were an utterance prophecy from God. So just like in Proverbs 2, 6, and I'm going to turn there really, really quick when it talks about, um, Solomon, let's see if I can find it here. Verse 2, 6. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. And then the other verse that I have that goes with this is Proverbs 30, verse 1. The words of Agar, the son of Jachin, his utterance, this man declared to Ithil, to Ithil and and then it goes in to talking in, in Proverbs 30, talks about the wisdom of Agar. Surely I am more stupid than any man and do not have the understanding of man. I neither learned wisdom nor have knowledge of the Holy Spirit. Who can ascend into heaven or descend? Who has gathered the wind in his fist? Who has bound the waters in a garment? who has established all the ends of the earth. What is his name? And what is the son, his son's name? If you know, every word of God is pure. He is the seal to those who put their trust in him. Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you found a liar. So this is just talking and it goes further on and I, I won't read all of it, but it goes in and talks about the wisdom that Agar learns. So going forward, King Lemuel's mother spoke to him with tenderness and describing her connection with him in verse 2. So listen to this. What, my son, and what son of my womb, and what son of my vows, do not give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings. So in verse 1 through 3, I, I went a little bit further into verse 3 as well. But from verse 2 through verse 3, she's warning her son of sexual immorality. 
This is basically her talking to him about sexual immorality. This is her giving her warnings of it. So the little bit first part, I guess you could say, of verse 2. And what son of my womb? In other words, the son she gave birth to. And what son of my vows? When someone says son of my vows, I think most of us can discern and learn that the child born after the wedding vows, right? And then this, the next part, the first part of verse three, do not give your strength to women. This is telling that the excess sexual intention in women can strip a man of his strength. So in other words, do, men, do not give yourselves to women because it can strip your strength. It can, it can take away that almost authoritativeness, your strength. It, it's, it's a weakness. It's sexual immorality if you're not married. And same with women. Women, do not give a man anything unless he is your husband. Unless you have stood before the Lord and, and said your vows and said, this is my husband and I do. Now it goes on to the latter part of verse 3. Nor your ways to that which destroys kings. She warns him against sexual and romantic obsession and how it can destroy kings. So having that obsession over a woman, and, and, and this goes both ways, with women to men and men to women, of if you have that obsession in your mind, it, it's just, it, it's not good, for one. <laughs> and in the words that I can't think right in this second, it destroys. It destroys anything. It destroys kings, and it destroys queens as well. So, going to verse 4 now. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink. So, from verse 4 through verse 7, she's warning him of the dangers of alcohol. From verse 4 through verse 7, King Lemuel's mother is warning him that it's not good to drink. There's consequences when when you drink. And so to verse 5, it says, Lest they drink and forget the law and prevent the justice of all the afflicted. So with that, lest they drink... Hold on, I'm trying to find my notes here. Yeah, okay, I'm in the right spot. Lest they drink and forget the law. A king has so much responsibility that if he is to drink, his judgment and his abilities will be impaired. If he gets to that point of being completely intoxicated to where he doesn't know his surroundings, he's not going to be able to fill his responsibilities. He's not going to be able to walk out his responsibilities as a king. They're totally disruptive. They're impaired. In the latter part of verse 5, and prevent the justice of all the afflicted. <clears throat> In other words, drunkenness deprives a man of the use of any reason. 
When you are drunk with wine, when you are drunk or high or whatever you use, your reason is gone. You have no reason in your mind. You don't know what's right from wrong. You can't be any use really to anyone when you are drunk. Now on to verse 6. Give strong drink to him who is perishing and wine to those who are bitter of heart. His mother thought of two more appropriate drinkers. So this right here in verse 6 is his mother talking about appropriate drinkers being a condemned criminal who needs to be numbed by a strong drink on his way to execution. It's it's so crazy to me that, and I didn't even think of it like this before until really right this second, but he, the condemned criminal needs to be numbed. When you're drinking, you're numbing yourself. You know, you're going without reason. You're numbing yourself so you don't feel things. And they need that when they're on their way to execution. So why do we, why do we do that? Why do we get to that point? Now, she's warning her son of the danger of alcohol, right? In all of this. And then it, the latter part of verse 6 is the wine to those who have are bitter of heart. That it's like those whose heart is like hurting, those whose heart is aching, they they use it as a numbness. It's not that there are no consequences for drinking. It's the two cases. It's these two cases, but the consequences have a little impact in comparison to a leader or a king. So there's little to... There's little comparison with, or there's a lot of comparison, but little impact when you think of being drunk for a criminal, a criminal who's on his way to execution, or a person that is having it of an aching heart. They're not in a leadership. They're not in a king position. I'm not saying here, oh no, don't drink alcohol. I'm saying if you do, be wise like you have to be wise don't get to that point but also if you're in a leadership position for myself I am a worship leader at my local church our family church and my boyfriend is also a leader in our church my boyfriend is 17 years sober this November praise God I'm so proud of him obviously he, it's a daily choice for him. But for me, as being a leader in church, I am setting an example. I am being a witness of the church I'm with, but also greater than that, the church I hold in my heart, uh, the church of Christ, Jesus Christ. I am a witness and I am carrying his gospel. So if I'm out being drunk and, and, and doing all this crazy, crazy belligerent stuff, and someone from the church sees me, and then the next morning or the next time they see me at church, I'm up on stage singing. What type of thing goes on in their head that's like, oh, well, this person isn't really who they say they are, or or why should I follow them because they're just as bad as me in all this? There's, I'm learning that now. 
that when you're a leader in ministry, there's a lot of responsibilities and you have to be careful of these things. You have to be careful of sexual immorality. You have to be careful of drunkenness or slander or, or lying of any of these things. Any of these things that, you know, we preach about, that preachers preach about from the pulpit, they have to uphold themselves, right? So I went off on a little tangent there for a second, but I'm going to rein it back in with verse 8. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. Verse seven. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. So the latter part of from verse four through verse seven. Um, verse seven is talking about the one who drinks wine, who has a bitter, who are bitter of heart. That's what he's talking about. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. So it goes back to that numbness. Now, verse 8 through 9. Defending the defenseless is what she's talking about and trying to tell him in verse 8 through verse 9. Open your heart for the speechless, says verse 8. In the cause of all who are appointed to die. So, the wise men and women of God will speak for the speechless and protect the defenseless. That's what she's saying here in this verse. And in, in, into verse 9, open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and the needy. The king's mother understood that strong drink and wine and other supplements that intoxicated and take away from a person's performance and, and excellence takes away from their ability to stand up to people, to stand up for the defenseless, to stand up for those who can't speak for themselves. This is one of the reasons why some leaders in church should avoid it, like I just said earlier. This is why we should avoid it as leaders in the church avoid being in that because we never know when we're going to walk up to someone and see them if a believer if we as believers see the opportunity to right or wrong we should speak up but we have to judge righteously so to wrap up this first part, I know we haven't gotten into the Proverbs 31 yet, but I really believe that this is important to understand before we jump into the rest of this chapter. So in verses 1 through 9, Lemuel's mother spoke to him about the qualities of a virtuous woman, right? The following verses speak of her character and activity, giving Lemuel an idea of the woman that to search for and to prize. So with that being said, stay tuned for our next podcast, starting with verse 10 and talking about a virtuous woman. Thanks for listening. 
Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Women of Antioch series. We're so excited about this series and can't wait for the next episode to come out. If you like this episode and you want to hear more from us, check out our website at antiochspeaks.com. We're also on every social media platform, so check out our Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, any social media you have, we're on there. And we hope that you keep on listening with us.